Hello, thank you for joining me. You're listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Today, we're going to talk about how to hold a great discovery call without being salesy and feeling like you're pitching your programs all over the place. Let's dive right in. Hey, so we're here today to talk about discovery calls and how to land those clients, how to close those calls and turn our prospects into new happy clients. But before we start, I'd like to share with you an important resource that I've created for you. It's called 10 steps to get more leads and inquiries from your website or blog, and it helps you get more discovery calls. So If you're looking to get more discovery calls, head over to the show notes right away and download it. Once you have your freebie and you know how to get people on that discovery call, the next thing is to close as many of them as possible to turn as many of them as you can into clients. But of course, we don't want to be sleazy. We don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be, you know, forceful. We are selling coaching after all. So we don't want to you know get the wrong kind of client or the wrong match we cannot be selling to people who are not a good match for our services so how do we tackle a sales call which is completely in the interest of the coachee or the person that we are going to coach so here is what you need to do so the first thing is you need to get to know the other person as well as possible now Most discovery calls are between 30, maybe 45 minutes. Some people, when they're starting out, go for a whole hour, um, but that's not necessary. You know, as you get better and better at doing discovery calls, you're going to be able to actually close the sale in less time. When you become a bit more skilled at discovery calls, you'll be perfectly fine with getting it done in half an hour. In some cases, it would be too much time. Okay, so let's let's go back to the initial stage. So the first thing you need to do is get to know the other person. Now, if you're curious about other people, this should be really easy for you. When you jump on a call, you're going to ask questions to get to know the other person personally, you know, sort of what their environment is, where they live, um, you know, just find anything that you have in common and have a little bit of chit chat. It's, it's very cold to just jump on and start selling right away. Although some people will sometimes just jump on a call and they just want the crude facts from you, which is the duration of the program, the price of the program, and that's it. Most of the time, however, you want to avoid it. You want to have a little bit of warmth. You want to get to know people. Ask questions about where they live. Maybe notice something in their background. Maybe there's something they like. Maybe there's um, a scratch ball in the background. Something that happened to me on a recent discovery call. And, you know, we discovered we both absolutely adore cats. So, you know, anything you can find in common is going to help you connect with this new person. It's just like, you know, bumping into somebody in the street or in a shop or at a party and just starting off a very casual conversation. Beware, however, you don't want this part of the call to take longer than five, maybe eight minutes, because especially if you have just a half an hour with this person, you want to make sure that you have enough time to explain everything and answer all the questions they have about your program. So the next thing you should do is when you feel that the the call has warmed up enough, you start by framing the call. 
Framing the call is sort of another word for taking charge. Uh, taking charge here means that you are the one to ask the questions. Now, we don't ask the questions ourselves to, you know, manipulate the other person. And we just do it because it helps us be seen as the guide. And we, of course, want to immediately position ourselves as the coach, immediately position ourselves as the person that's going to be guiding, uh, which is, of course, what is going to happen once they buy your services. So it's also important, I feel, to really be yourself. So try not to be too nice or too cold or, you know, watch your language too much if you don't normally do that. Give the other person a real feeling of what it's like to be on a call with you. You want to ask questions to dig a little deeper and understand why they contacted you and how they thought you could help them before they inquired. So you want to understand what exactly made them think that you might be the solution to a problem that they have. As a coach, this is very important for you because you need to understand whether this person is a good match for you or not. You need to understand where they are and where they need to go so that you're very clear about whether you can help them effectively or not. Of course, you do not want to offer or sell your services to people where, you know, maybe you doubt whether you could really help them. I always, you know, I, I shy away from people if I'm not 100% sure I can help them or maybe I feel that they think they need my services, but what they really need is something else. So sometimes I can help people get clarity on a call with me, even though they don't end up buying with me. It means that they need to go elsewhere. But as long as they don't end up in the wrong place and I don't get the wrong kind of client, then, you know, we've both profited from this in a way. So once you're sure you're talking to someone that you can help, then you need to talk to them about how you think you can help them and what the outcome will be for them. Now, it's very important to listen to how the other person speaks. Very often as a coach, what tends to happen is that we use words that are from our industry. In the case of marketing, in my case, I might use technical words. If you're a life coach, you might use terminology that other life coaches understand, but perhaps your clients or your prospects are not so familiar with. So listen to the way they describe the problem and make sure that when you talk about the solution and when you talk about the outcomes, you are using the same words that they use to vocalize these things it's very important so that they can very clearly understand the outcome. And it's also very important because as a coach, they need to understand that you can understand how they feel and where they want to go. This is a very, part, very important part of the relationship between a coach and the coaching client. So once you've let them know how you can help them, then it's time to go silent and it's you know, some people feel that it might be a bit awkward to go completely silent. But once you have explained everything about your program and how you think you can help them, you need to allow the other person's space to think about it and go to the next step, which is going to be either ask you for your prices or ask for your availability or in some cases, for the payment link to book themselves in. You want, in fact, to make sure that you have everything set up and everything with you for the discovery call. 
you want to have a PDF that has all the details of your packages, including the prices and your payment plans. You want to make sure that you have your payment link because the person might want to pay you there and then on the call. If you don't have any of this admin stuff set up yet, or maybe you're just not happy with the way it's organized, I actually have a little program about this, which, I'm, which I can link in the show notes. So you can go ahead and take a look. It's a small priced, low ticket offer that you can just jump on and build all the links and use all the tools that you need. Okay, but to come back to our discovery call, if the person then doesn't pay on the call, but they already know that they want to work with you, what you can do is take a little bit of commitment from them by maybe booking the first session. Or in my case, I like to book the mapping call because I customize my one-to-one programs to the client. So I have a mapping call in the beginning, which is like a kickoff session where I get to know absolutely everything about their business and their current clients. If they're not ready to buy and they're not ready to jump onto your calendar and, you know, make a commitment to book the session, you want to make sure that you send a follow up. So in this case, there would be two alternatives. So if they have already booked um, the first call with you, then you want to send them the onboarding form and also the link for payment, of course. If they're not sure if they want to buy, you want to send follow up. You want to send, you know, the details of the package, the details of the payment plan that you mentioned. If there's something that you're going to throw in, um, maybe maybe you used uh, one of your courses or something, uh, a little bonus to entice them to buy your program. Make sure you include that in the email to remind them and also follow up a couple of times because sometimes people are busy and it takes a few follow ups for them to actually get back to you. And then, you know, uh, they'll actually ask you for the payment link and book. So do not give up, even if they don't answer your first or second email after the call. Keep emailing them because eventually they will jump on the on the opportunity to work with you if it felt like it was the right thing. And you can usually pick these things up from the way the discovery call went. You know, it will be very easy to understand which ones are worth following up and which ones are not. Right, so that's all I had for you today. Those are all the tips I had. I hope you find this really useful. I wish you some amazingly successful discovery calls. I hope you can take the bull by the horns and, you know, get as many clients as you possibly can so that you can really build up your coaching business. In the meantime, I will see you next week. And thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you for listening to the Profitable Content Marketing Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share it with friends and colleagues and anyone you think is going to find this useful. If you'd like to give me some feedback or a question, leave a review on iTunes or a comment on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. Whatever you do, make sure you don't miss the next episode because we have more juicy content coming your way. See you in the next episode.